Welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Tummelson, and in this podcast, we talk about all things that I am an expert in or have an interest in, such as language learning, health and fitness, global and societal issues, or whatever I feel like talking about on that particular day. All right, enjoy. What's up, everybody? Well, it's a Sunday on the day that I'm recording this, and um, it became, it turned into a day where I actually ended up like not having any plans, so I had kind of some extra time just to sit here and kind of research this episode. The idea to do this episode came into my head, and then I started researching things, and I got to the point where I'm like, all right, just just record an ep, just record, just just do it, just go on there and talk, because you keep going down the rabbit hole and at some point I'm just going to need to start recording otherwise this would turn into like a five hour episode and I don't think any of you guys have five hours so this might take a full hour I don't know how long this is going to last but I do know that this became an interesting almost experiment in trying to understand my own personal psychology just as it as it was an experiment in trying to understand and answer the question you know uh, is is narcissism required for leadership right or are all leaders narcissists and and the idea, that, like the reason I decided to research this topic a little bit is because it actually came from one of the other podcasts that I listen to a lot, which is Mind Pump. Now, this is a, it's a very popular, mostly a fitness podcast, but they also talk about a lot of other entertaining and interesting topics as well. And one of the hosts has made the case multiple times that to get into politics, uh, basically, it's almost a requirement to have a certain level of narcissism to want to be in politics, right? That all all politicians, um, you know, to want that level of fame and notoriety, you almost have to have a sense of narcissism and, a, and a, an overinflated sense of self-importance just to want that, okay? Because most quote-unquote normal people don't even want to be in the spotlight that much. And ironically enough, it might be better if we had people that were not high on the narcissism spectrum running for political office and theoretically, the people who don't want the job might actually be the ones that are the best for it because they would serve the interests of, quote unquote, normal people better than the more narcissistic leaders would. OK, that's kind of the, a summary of what I understood from, well, this other gentleman's point, right, this podcast host that I was listening to. And so I wanted to dig into this more. And, and I'll also, I, you know, I will admit that I've, I've wondered quite a bit over the last few years in particular where I score on the narcissism spectrum, just personally, because I think that like almost every personality trait, it's a spectrum. And yeah, there is, what do they even call it? Do they call it narcissistic personality disorder? Like there's, there's something that's been, you know, defined by psychologists as if like, if you exhibit all of these traits, you are officially like labeled a narcissist, you know, you're super high on the spectrum and you have the disorder, so to speak. Now, once again, this is not something that can be, this requires like a psychological analysis and is somewhat subjective. This is not like a math problem where you can just say, oh, yep, narcissist or no. You know, it's all a spectrum. It's all kind of subjective. And I mean, when I think about it that way, and when, when I when I look at the definition of narcissism, because you get kind of a wide range of definitions, you know, narcissism, narcissism obviously has a negative connotation, right? It's an overinflated sense of self-importance. It's a lack of empathy for other people. It's in certain ways, manipulating the emotions of other people. It's a sense of entitlement. It's essentially feeling like you are more important than you, you know, 
that you yourself are more important than everybody else um, and you kind of act in a way that supports that and you believe you should be treated that way by others in society, kind of, okay? And so when I think about that whole definition, um, you know, like where am I on the narcissism spectrum? Because I've, I've kind of thought as I psychoanalyze myself more and more as time goes by that I definitely have had an overinflated sense of self-importance throughout a lot of my life. I mean, now, who's to say? Like, how do, how do I know that I have more of a, an overinflated self of, a sense of self-importance than you or anybody else? You know, because I don't know what you're thinking. I'm not inside of your mind. You know, we all have our own experiences. And ultimately, we are, all of us, I think, the center of our, of our own world, so to speak. Um, but I think that I, maybe more than average, have a, a higher um, sense of self-importance and just feel a little bit more egotistical and narcissistic in that way. And I also feel like, I think people would objectively agree with this, that particularly like growing up and in my teens and, and maybe even into my 20s, that I was kind of a drama king. Like I know you don't hear men use that term very often. It's more of a term that like a woman would use, right? Would you know, or not like her talking about herself, but like people would say like, oh, she's a drama queen, you know, stuff like that. I think I was a bit of like a drama king in the sense of thinking like anything that happened to me was the biggest deal ever, and just kind of having an overinflated sense of self-importance. Um, and I, th I think that most people who know me certainly wouldn't say like that I'm a bad person, but they might agree with that statement that I have a bit of an overinflated sense of self-importance, which has kind of led me to believe, okay, am I, where am I on the narcissism spectrum? But then like the other traits of narcissism as, as described, like I really don't have, like I definitely, and see empathy is a tricky one. I definitely think I do empathize with other people in certain situations. Um, now this is actually tricky because I believe sometimes we live in a culture now, particularly in the US where we could use less empathy overall and a little bit more of a tough it out attitude which I've had to apply to myself as well um, but you know I'm definitely I'm not a manipulative person um, I don't lie very often um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm an honest non-manipulative person I also don't seek that much fame see I think this is part of it when we talk about is narcissism required to want to be a leader whether this is a political leader or anyone who who is well, well famous let's say a famous leader and I'll talk about like social media influencers and things like that in a few moments as well um, but the idea is to want that much fame it kind of it, it is narcissism basically it's saying oh I want to be viewed as that important I want to have that many people following me listening to me etc and that's this part of the reason I think that's part of the reason that's led me to do this podcast. It's part of the reason that's led me to post content on my own personal Instagram every day that's mostly related to fitness and, and things like that. Now, and obviously, so what I'm doing is, see, there's, there's multiple aspects of this. It's a multifaceted thing. Yes, the content that I put out is designed to help people. Okay, this podcast, for different reasons and different topics, is designed to help people. Same thing with my fitness content on Instagram. There's also a business element of it, okay, because I am selling fitness programs as well. Um, so there, it, there's, there is this multifaceted thing where it's like, yes, I'm helping people. Yes, it's self-serving in terms of me getting more you know, clients and a little bit more money little by little. Yes, it's self-serving 
serving in terms of me getting attention and in terms of me wanting to get people following me or getting likes and things like that. Because almost all the time when we post on social media, there is a self-serving element to it. We're all craving attention for different reasons, okay? Um, so there is a bit of narcissism in that. There's a bit of narcissism in just in, in what I do in posting all of this content every day. It's wanting to get attention. It's wanting to be heard. Because I do feel that I have a lot of good information and, and thoughts to share. Now, the reason that I don't put myself that high on the spectrum is because I'm not trying that hard to become that popular, okay? Like, and this is part of the issue that we have in life, is that in order to become very popular, particularly on social media, um, and the same kind of could be said about a podcast, um, but, but we have to do extreme things, things that really catch attention. You know, for women, it's typically being almost nude. Um, for men, you know, near nudity works as well. Um, just anything that's, you know, seductive and eye-catching. Um, for, for men, it's oftentimes posting, you know, fancy cars, watches, or just doing extreme things, like really extreme things. And if you follow my fitness content and if you listen to this podcast, you would know that even though like I try to make things maybe look kind of cool every now and then, I mean, everybody's doing that on social media. What I'm not doing is I'm not posting things that are very extreme. I'm giving advice that I feel fits, you know, uh, is moderate and fits well for like the average person is not super extreme. And I'm also not lying about things on there. Like I think a lot of people do as well, particularly kind of in the fitness space or giving just a false expectation of reality. And if I was a, a true, if I was higher on the narcissism spectrum, I would probably be working as hard as possible to get as much attention as possible, as many follows and likes as possible, as much money as possible, um, and wouldn't necessarily worry about the results, uh, about the information that I'm putting out, okay, whether or not the information that I put out could harm people. And, and sure, it could every now and then. I acknowledge that. Like sometimes the information I put out could harm people just because someone might take it or use it the wrong way, but I feel like in general the content that I put out is beneficial for people and it's honest, right? And whereas someone who's higher on the narcissism spectrum, I believe, has more of a tendency to say, well, you know, I don't really care that much about the result and whether or not it helps people. I want to be as famous as possible. I want as much, as uh, many followers or likes as possible, as much money as possible, okay? So when I analyze that, I feel like me personally, I'm not really that high on the narcissism spectrum. Maybe higher than like an average person, uh, but probably not that high, which now I actually get into an interesting debate with myself because sometimes I think, okay, but is it my responsibility to to be a bit should, should I start being a bit higher on the narcissism spectrum or should I maybe that's the wrong way to phrase it should I start behaving more like these more narcissistic people do because that way I would be able to have a, a larger influence on society so like what do I mean by this okay like let's say that my message is a positive message because I believe it is I believe if you follow this podcast and if you follow my fitness content on Instagram for example I believe that I am a better follow than 90 some percent of people out there why because I'm giving people good and honest information that mostly relates to fitness health and mindset okay um, and it's what's worked for me. I know some people will disagree with me on certain little aspects of it. We could split hairs here and there. But for the most part, I'm giving you the content that is honest, that has worked for me, that has helped me get into the best shape of my life physically, has also helped me put me in a better spot mentally and emotionally at 34 years old. Okay, this is what's worked for me. I'm giving it to you. Now, 
I'm, I sometimes I say to myself, Sean, you have a responsibility to reach as many people as possible with your content. You have a responsibility, like let's say right now on a daily basis, 100 or 200, 200 people actually like actually look at and listen to my content. Yeah, I mean, maybe I have like a thousand followers on Instagram and like, you know, uh, however many people theoretically subscribe to this podcast, but like how many are actually watching and listening on a daily basis? Maybe not that many overall, right? Um, so sometimes I say, you know what, if you think your content is good, which I think it is, I think my content is very useful for a wide, you know, a lot of different demographics, right? Not just for a certain particular demographic. I think it's useful content for a lot of people. I have a responsibility to try to get it to as many people as possible. The issue with that is to try to get it to as many people as possible. You have to do things. At least I haven't figured out a better way to do this yet. You you have to do things that get people's attention. Okay, whether this is photos that are super flashy, or you're almost nude, or you're saying things that seem controversial on the surface, which hooks people in. And I even do use this tactic a little bit, but not enough. You get what I'm saying? I'm not doing enough. I'm also not doing enough to make enough money with the things that I do with this. Okay, which is a whole other, you know, uh, internal issue for myself. The point is, is nowadays, in a certain way, if someone has good a good message and good content, it's almost our duty to act in a bit more of a narcissistic way in order to do things that are going to get more and more people to listen to the message, okay? And this is like almost all narcissistic leaders throughout history or all good leaders throughout history have a certain amount of charisma, right? And like, you know, I was researching online and it talks about how the different types of leaders, you know, when when narcissism is used positively and negatively, right? They'll talk about like, you know, productive narcissism with Mark Zuckerberg. There was a certain type of um, narcissism that Martin Luther King had. Obviously, like the negative types of narcissism, they'll say was in the the Hitlers and the Stalins and whatever else. But um, basically, it's a certain charisma, because obviously, narcissists can have a lot of charisma as well, right? And and are really good at selling people on an idea. Um, And so that just kind of led me to some reflections on like, okay, um, on the one hand, someone like me, if I think I have a good message, it's almost my duty then to start doing better and be able to learn to be more charismatic or learn to get more of a following. Otherwise, I'm doing a disservice to to society in general because if my message is good but only 100 people hear it, well, why can't 100,000 people hear it? Wouldn't that be better for society? So anyway, it's, it's, it's a tricky area. Um, but like I said, I, I, was, I was studying. See, first I wanted to look at this from like a political um, aspect and say, okay, well, what about politicians, right? I mean, are all politicians narcissists almost by default? Are they really high on the spectrum? And I think that most people would agree, like, like Trump is a classic example here in the U.S. I mean, anybody who's going to argue that, that Trump is not a narcissist, I mean, I think Trump is a narcissist. Like, and I, okay, and, and I probably, I mean... I probably agree with maybe over half of his political ideas and his policy ideas, but the man's a narcissist. It seems pretty clear. He has an extremely high sense of self-importance. That that doesn't mean that he's a bad person. He's achieved you know a lot of good things in his life. Okay, good is maybe a strong word. He's achieved a lot of things. Some people love him. Some people hate him. But the man I think is definitely a narcissist. I think that he's has a high sense of of self-importance and entitlement. I think he is a charismatic leader who plays on people's emotions. Um, 
Um, I think that he probably has some insecurities deep down that who knows what. I think he's an extremely intelligent person and has understood how to use all of this stuff to his advantage. Um, you know, and people will say, oh, well, he started off with a bunch of money. I mean, who cares? Okay, if he started off with a million dollars or whatever, anyone to achieve the things that Donald Trump achieved, both financially and then as a leader and in politics or whatever, the man is not stupid. The man is very far from stupid. He's an intelligent man. Now, we could debate whether or not he's using that for a net positive or negative on society, but he's high on the narcissism spectrum, okay? Uh, just like I think most leaders would be considered, most most politicians would be considered pretty high on the narcissism spectrum. And in the, the articles that I read researching this, I think most of the data kind of the data. I mean, most of the opinions of the psychologists that wrote about this topic pretty much agree. Like, yes, studies will show that politicians in general score much higher on the narcissism spectrum than just quote unquote average people, right? Um, just because of what I talked about before, how that's kind of a prerequisite to want to do that, to want to be in the spotlight, to want fame, to want to have your name out like that. It, it just it requires it. It requires a certain level of you know, uh, an overinflated sense of self-importance. Now, the question that I really, that I kind of wanted to answer for myself, and another thing that led me to research this topic is like, okay, we know that the people that are leading us in general are high on the narcissism spectrum. This is not necessarily a bad thing, okay? Um, because I ultimately believe too that a lot of times we do things as people, I think sometimes when we do good things, maybe even all the time you could argue, when we do good things that help others or help society, we're doing it to please our own ego because we have a sense of self-importance and that makes us feel important by doing things that help others. Like you could argue that everything we do as human beings is selfish, you know, yeah. Um, but, um, but then the question became like, okay, so if the leaders, you know, political leaders and just other leaders in society are higher on the narcissism spectrum in general, then what does that mean about what, you know, where society is moving and how does this affect society overall? Okay. And we could talk also about like the rich poor gap, how, yes, like it's statistically proven even here, like in the U S that the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting, you know, the middle class is getting statistically poor. That's a whole other episode that I did, but okay. So we have leaders who are in general high on the narcissism spectrum, and they're the ones that we're letting make the political decisions and also sway us and influence us, which I'll come back to in a minute. What does this mean? Is this bad? Would it be better if we had people who were more normal and not so high on the narcissism spectrum leading us? Like, what, what does this lead to? Does this mean that, is this why, theoretically, the rich get richer and the middle class gets poorer on average? Uh, I'm not saying that things have gotten worse for the middle class because, you know, yeah, as humanity, we're always progressing. So, you know, the middle class has it better now than they did 100 years ago, right? Um, but compared to the richest of the rich, you know, it, we're far behind. Uh, so, so what does this mean? Like if narcissists are the ones leading things, does this mean then that, that you know, they by default are doing things maybe in kind of a manipulative, manipulative way to serve themselves and other elites and then it leaves the rest of us um, just kind of falling further and further behind? Is, is that what it means? Are we developing like more and more of a class of elites all the time? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but like obviously I think that narcissistic leaders, they're definitely very intelligent. They may be much more self-serving than a lot of them would ever admit. Um, 
So I was kind of asking myself that question, and I was actually asking the question even more as it relates to influencers, both via, well, podcasts. See, podcasts, I have a very soft spot for podcasts, which is why I decided to make a podcast. Because what I love about podcasts is it's a long-form discussion. Now, in this podcast, you generally don't hear me speaking with another person. I'm just talking to myself for the most part, and hopefully you're listening. But any pod, anything that's long form, whether this is a book or whether this is a podcast, an interview, whatever, anything that's long form, that's more than 30 seconds or one minute long, is worth listening to. Uh, because once you get the full story, it's not like you know the, the, a TikTok or an Instagram or a clip or something where it's 30 seconds long or less. And you form your whole opinion of someone just based on that. So I have a soft spot for podcasts because they are long-form, detailed, nuanced content. Uh, and I think all of us need that nowadays. Um, but anyway, the most popular influencers nowadays on social media and maybe on podcasts, um, you know, th these people are very important, very, very important in the world right now. Like you could argue that, you know, over the last three or four years, Joe Rogan is probably one of the top five most important people in the United States and even, you know, around the world. You, you can make that argument. I can make that argument easily with everything that went down in the pandemic and how he kind of shifted the view, him and some of his other guests kind of shifted the view on the pandemic for other people in a very fair way, in my opinion. As you can tell, I, I agree with most of his points of view uh, and I like him as a person overall, which oddly enough, I don't think, I, don't, I would not rate him that high on the narcissism spectrum. I wouldn't. Um... Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. It's not, I don't know him in person, but when you've listened to a person talk on a podcast for 50 to 100 odd hours, you know, you feel like you can know quite a bit about him. You can't, I mean, you can't act and fake everything if you're doing a three-hour podcast every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> At some point, you're just being real on that. And the whole, you know, how fake are people on Instagram and social media, that's a whole other long topic. But anyway, so my question is like, okay, so these influencers, these people that are the most popular, whether it's via podcast, but especially via social media, these people that are the most popular, they have especially on the youth, probably their influence, the name is influencer for a reason. They have as much influence as possible on society. Now, since we know that by default, they're probably pretty high on the narcissism spectrum. What is this doing? What is this doing? Is this, is this turning? See, what's happening a lot of times is young people are, and I fall into this category sometimes, is we start to idolize others. We see someone who we admire on social media. They have a personality you know, on social media, which may or may not really resemble their true personality. And we start to idolize certain things about them, if not all of them. Okay, And this is an issue that we have as human beings is when we start to really admire a person, we almost begin to see them as flawless which is stupid because we're human beings and we all have lots of flaws, right? But we tend to see everything that they do as like perfect. Oh, I want to be like him. I want to be like her, right? Which the issue is, number one, it might obviously not be exactly what you think. That person might be very different in person. Um, and then also, it's like, it's like, do you really want to be exactly like that person in real life? You know, like, like what, does that, is that just going to make you more narcissistic, kind of? Is it going to make you try to become as famous and popular as possible and possibly take advantage of, of, you know, others and manipulate their emotions a little bit to get there? Like, are we just, are we all doing that? Because there's, there's a lot of evidence out there that suggests that one of the issues with social media is it's making us all a bit more narcissistic little by little. We're all craving the dopamine hits from the likes and the follows and things like that. Okay, um, so the question becomes like, where is this going? Like, is this smart? Is it smart to have, well... Politically, in the actual political realm, 
and the old school political realm, which still exists, and this social media influencer stuff, is it good to have the majority of these quote-unquote leaders and influencers be pretty high on the narcissism spectrum? Because I don't think anybody's going to question that, okay? You can disagree with certain things I just said uh, and little details of it, but I think most of us would agree that most politicians, political leaders, are pretty high on the narcissism spectrum. They seem to be. And also that most big-name social media influencers seem to be pretty high on the narcissism spectrum, okay? Um, and should we be... Should we be following them and taking their advice and do they have the best interest for society um that's really the question and that's why i wanted to keep digging into this because like on the one hand so uh, just to give you like a, a couple of people you know that i follow and some of you might have gotten sick of me talking about these people because i talk about them a lot but one of them of course is andrew tate so i have to talk about the tate brothers there's a lot of controversy around them um you know my i'm still kind of up in the air on how good of a force i think they are for society i, I would say based on the content i've heard probably more positive than negative but i think there's no questioning the fact that if you follow andrew tate he is very high on the narcissism spectrum similar enough to trump and he likes trump shocker but Andrew Tate, um, you know, if you don't know who he is, go look him up. But Andrew Tate has a very high overinflated sense of self-importance. And he literally, like, says this in some of the things he says. He's like, because God has chosen me to be one of the chosen ones and I'm blah, blah, blah. And I don't, okay, I don't necessarily have a problem with him saying stuff like that. Um, because there are certain things about him, probably 80 to 90% of what he says and what he claims to do is good for society, okay? And what I mean by that is being a person who trains hard at the gym every day, who works to try to make more money and be more independent, be hardworking in your career. Um, and, and a lot of this, he's targeting at young men to try to make them more successful in life and also more successful with women, which, which we could debate as well. But the message is, train hard at the gym get yourself into shape that's going to take away your depression and anxiety anyway get a good job where you can make more money you know learn how to just just learn how to improve yourself in different areas of life okay um and that's 80 to 90 percent of the message which is why i think it's really useful now the narcissism aspect of him and several other big name people that i follow is this extremely overinflated sense of self-importance and also saying some things in kind of a controversial, manipulative way to get attention, to get attention, to get attention as much as possible. And see, the, the dilemma that I have with this whole thing is when I see people like Tate, Tate is a great example. I see him and I would say that 80 to 90% of the content that he puts out, if taken especially by young impressionable men particularly men because he's targeting mostly men is good it's useful okay it's useful and so on the one hand i actually i actually think it's admirable and honorable what he and several other big name influencers do because at a, at a certain point sure yes it's egotistical to always want to be in the spotlight but at a certain point, believe it or not, I would I argue that you actually have to let go of your ego in order to get that famous and in order to get that much attention, okay? Because sometimes, like, I, you know, when I post a podcast episode that's a bit controversial, 
a lot of times I kind of just want to shy away from it. Like when I, you know, I had one that was titled, um, you know, if you get cheated on, it's your fault. And I've had several other, you know, episodes like this and stuff like this. Anytime we put out something that's a little bit controversial or that we know like a lot of people might critique, the natural thing is to kind of want to be like, ooh, I'm just, I'm not going to talk about that. And I don't really want to, like, I know what I said and I agree with it or whatever, but like, I don't want all the attention from it. Like it's, as human beings, we naturally kind of avoid confrontation and controversy, controversy for the most part, okay? And so anytime that you're becoming a big name influencer, politician, whatever, there's going to be controversy. Controversy, I can't even say that word right. There's going to be controversy, and there's gonna be some confrontation, even if it is just via you know text messages and Instagram DMs, because certain people will not always agree with exactly what you say when you're saying something that might influence culture and society, okay? Even if you think your message is great, there's gonna be some people that disagree with it, and you have to deal with that criticism, okay? Same thing goes for if you're, if you know, posting, let's talk about, you know, the, the narcissistic, quote unquote, social media influencers who are just taking a lot of selfies and posting a lot of pictures of themselves to get likes, um, whatever. And, and are getting a lot of people's attention. See, the real good influencers, what they're doing is about 80% of the content, maybe not 80%, but a majority of the content that they post is just to get your attention. It's the, it's the flashy cars, the watches, the expensive stuff, the trips, the almost nude pictures. And then hidden underneath that is very valuable content. Okay, because they've realized that what they need to do is they need to get your attention with the stuff that looks really attractive first, and then they hit you with the valuable content. Okay, and the reason I say that sometimes as an influencer, it's actually letting go of the ego and dropping the ego to post that stuff because these influencers have realized the only way that I can get enough people's attention to share my message is by posting this stuff that's gonna get me criticized. Posting this stuff, yeah, it's going to get a lot of likes and follows as well, but it's also you're going to receive a lot of criticism, okay? If you go on there, like let's say you know, you're know you a woman or whatever. Let's say you're a woman and you have a really good message. You have a really good message related to, I don't know what it could be. Let's just simplify things and say that it's related to fitness and nutrition. You followed something, you know, you're, you found you know a diet and exercise program that you know is going to work for lots of other you know young women or just women in general or you know even could be for men as well. But And you go on there and you realize, you know what the only reason I'm going to the only way that I'm going to get people to pay attention to this is if I show them pics where I'm almost nude is if I show off my body without hardly any clothes on on social media because other than that people other if I don't do that people are just going to ignore me if I don't do that people are going to ignore me and I'm not going to be able to help them out with my message I'm my message is not going to get to them Okay, so that's the only way that you can do it, and you know you're going to deal with the criticism. You know you're going to deal with the criticism from your family, especially if you're a woman who comes from a more traditional family. Your parents definitely aren't going to like that if you're posting pictures of yourself almost naked on Instagram or on social media, but you have to in order to get enough people's attention to share your message. You almost have to, and it's not fair, okay? Some of you are probably sitting there thinking, well, no, I don't have to. I, I don't have to, Sean, but let me tell you, you do, almost. If you have a better way to get it, your message to a lot of people, by more, you know, more power to you, use it. But for the most part, we do have to do that nowadays in the social media world that we live in. And so 
on the one hand, you actually have to drop your ego by doing that, by knowing that you might be criticized by some of your family members and closest friends saying, oh, look at her. She's just posting all of these these pics where she's looking all sexy on there or whatever. Like what a, ah, what a narcissist she is. What a big ego she has. She's just trying to get attention when what you're trying to do is, yes, get attention, but it's because you have a good message to put out. You see? So you have to drop your ego because your ego wants to protect you from that criticism. Your ego does not want to deal with the criticism of people saying, oh, look at her on there trying to look all beautiful. I'm insecure, so I hate her now, right? And this is something that I've had to work with as well because since I post workouts on Instagram, the natural thing that people see is that, oh, there's this guy just showing off his muscles and trying, you know, working out. Okay, on the one hand, yeah, there is an element of that, but also what I'm doing is I'm trying to help because... I've genuinely found what works for me and I need to share it with people to help out. So I have to drop my ego a little bit in order to, you know, I have to deal with a little bit of that criticism and a little bit of the people who, who view me as that, oh, this guy just wants to show off his muscles. I have to deal with that. I have to drop my ego and post the content anyway because I know that it helps more people than it harms. All right. And so, like I said, if I was really going to drop my ego, we could debate this. I've talked about this with a couple friends. The smartest thing for me to do and the most the most helpful thing we could really debate this we could really debate this but the most helpful thing that i could maybe do for society in terms of like the fitness and health knowledge that i have would be to actually start posting pictures of me in my underwear on instagram and then sharing the the, the useful content afterwards because if i started posting pictures of me almost naked in my underwear then i would instantly get 10 to 20 or however many times followers as I have right now, which would then lead that many people, if they pay close enough attention, then they would follow the, the other advice that I'm giving, and now I've got you know, 10, 20, 30 times as many people that are listening to my advice, which is very good advice for the most part, and is going to help way more people than it hurts. You see, the, you see the paradox here? In order to help as many people as possible, that would be the best way to do it, and you could argue like I said, you can make arguments both ways because Instagram in itself can be considered basically a porn app at this point. And I'm, what I'm talking about doing is almost pornography in itself. I'm saying like, yeah, I could go on there and I could post almost nude pictures as in an effort to try to reach as many people as possible who would then hear the message and it would be useful. Okay, um, but. And, and so there is a lot of negativity to, for example, Instagram basically being a porn app. Like it almost is. Like what you see on Instagram now is the same thing that, you know, in the 80s and 90s, kids would have had to like try to sneak into a magazine store and like look at, you know, Playboy magazine or however you did it back then. Like Instagram is, is, is like pornography basically at this point if you want it to be. Okay. Um, and it's actually kind of hard to avoid it from being that um, for a lot of us, uh, just because it's like, that's the nature. It's like, oh my God, look at that beautiful woman. She's almost naked on there. This is, this is where we're at with some of these social media networks. So that's an interesting dilemma, right? Is, is like, okay, on the one hand, yes, where the trend, where the trend is going is not good. I'm almost like, I'm, I'm like thinking of solutions to this issue in my head as I'm talking about it. But like where the trend is going is that Social media apps are almost like porn at this point, and we know how detrimental porn is for society. I have other episodes on that. Yet in order, the only way right now psychologically you can get the attention of a lot of people is oftentimes to use pictures that would almost be considered porn. Otherwise, people just aren't even going to look at it on there. Okay? Um, so this is, it's, it's really tricky. It's really, really tricky. And when I think about other influencers, um, you know, I know several other influencers who this is particularly in the fitness space, but I think it goes in a lot of other things as well, who I think 
when people make a lot of money selling products online, this is definitely true in the fitness space. In, in my opinion, in my humble opinion at this point, I don't think, especially as a, a fitness coach, if you do something that scales that much as a fitness coach in general, I don't think you're truly being a good fitness coach just because fitness is highly personalized and you need to spend a lot of time with a client before you're able to truly know what's best for that client. Um, if you're just throwing out a cookie cutter program, it might work for the 10 or 20% who can follow it to a T and who don't have any, you know, food issues or anything like that. Um, you know, and, and yeah. Um, but the point is, is a lot of these people that are making money online, uh, making tons of money online, um, for the most part, for the most part, we could debate whether or not how, how good they are for society, but for the most part, their products are somewhat of a gimmick. Somewhat of a gimmick, I say. Um, and yeah, I think, I think I'll leave it at that, but their products are somewhat of a gimmick. Um, let, let's, let's leave it at that. Yeah, it's not like they're totally scamming people. But one, like, uh, one quote from a friend who used to be a friend and now you know, we don't have a relationship anymore for numerous reasons is he told me, dude, making money is easy in this world because people are stupid. Making money is easy because people are stupid. What a quote that is. So when I think about um, you know, like all of these people who make a lot of money online, and I've paid, I've given them money for their programs and things like that, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a good quote and it just, it displays like narcissism in itself because I actually, I have issues with, um, with money in my own life just because I'm someone who I've said this before on the podcast. Like if there's one thing that I'm lacking in order to become, um, like a real top tier man in society, however you want to define that is I don't have that much money. Right. I make like a pretty decent salary, but I don't make that much money. And so like when I see other people, like it's it's always like you gotta play with their emotions. Like that's that's always the way that money is made. It's through charisma and playing with people's emotions. Like my friend said, making money is easy because people are stupid. Okay. Well then it's choice. Do I want to take advantage of people's stupidity to make more money? That's the interesting choice. And I see a lot of this online. A lot of this. A lot of this. And I know I talked about, you know, Tate and, and I've said the positive things about, you know, Andrew Tate and, and and his brother Tristan before, but I'm I'm pretty sure that they have made a lot of money off of people's stupidity. Okay. Just people that, that sign up for programs um, and things, and I know well yeah, I'm not even going to talk about their webcam business in the past, but like they're one of those, they have one of those things going now where it's like sign up for our real world in the war room, I think it is, they talk about. And I don't know that many of the details of it. I have one friend who does it, but there are so many people that are selling these programs where it's like join our team for 50 bucks a month. And they got like however many millions of people doing this. And it's like, I don't really know what you get with that. I genuinely don't know what you get. And there's lots of courses and stuff like that out there. Um, but I know that on a certain level, like I said, a lot of it is kind of not necessarily a gimmick or scam, but it's just, you, you, I've done several programs like this in the past, and you'll find that it's not all it was cracked up to be or wasn't, just wasn't really actually worth it. Um, and like I said, I go, I go back and forth. Like I go back and forth on thinking about whether or not people who have large scalable online businesses like that, even the ones that are designed to help people, um, 
is actually a, a net positive or net negative thing for society. It's probably a net positive. It's probably still a net positive overall, and I don't I don't knock them for it. It's probably still a net positive, but it's a really tricky area. And and like everything in this life, like it's it's just a very it's a very nuanced topic, just like this whole narcissism and leadership topic is. But I think that the people that are successful doing that definitely and would maybe even admittedly score pretty high on the narcissism spectrum. Um, and so, you know, just to, to like kind of bring it all back, because it's like, okay, you know, why the narcissism? Is narcissism bad? Are we promoting more narcissism in society? What is what is happening, you know, because of the fact that mm, a lot of our leaders are, are narcissists and a lot of our influencers are, are high on the narcissism spectrum? Like, what does that do for society? I mean, they're tough questions to answer. Um, and, you know, I was even kind of researching, like, what makes people narcissistic? Is it is it you know, more genetic? Is it nature or nurture? It seems to kind of be a combination of the two. Um, it does seem to be a spectrum. I mean, it, it seems, okay, so, you know, we know that narcissists are very, like, insecure and fragile in certain ways, and I certainly have, you know, some insecurities that have kind of led me to be, like I said, I think maybe a little higher than other people on the narcissism spectrum on average, but not that high. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's certain insecurities that lead to this level of narcissism. And, like, I I even think about myself personally. I'm like, okay, what is it? And I think I'm, like, learning to deal with this better because, like I said, I think I have a higher sense of self-importance than I should. But it's like, what is it that led me to have that? You know, they'll talk about sometimes, like, what led people to narcissism was, say, you know, like the classic things that lead people to um, you know, to different personality disorders, whether it was being abandoned as a child, even like uh, on the one hand, they said like people who, who have helicopter parents who like, you know, watched over them too much and like didn't let them, you know, kind of sheltered them too much can become this way. If, if anything, like that could be a bit of the case for me, um, was just, you know, kind of having a sheltered life growing up for the first 18 years of my life that you could, you could kind of make that case. But like in general, I mean, I think my parents were, were pretty good parents. I mean, um, definitely never had any like abuse as a child. Um, you know, and my, my parents are good people, nothing like, nothing like super wrong with either of them. And we have a good relationship. Um, but like I said, I, I feel like something, about me led me to be a little bit more narcissistic than an average person would be but it, but like and, and like I said it's not really none of this I think is that bad I think it's more of just like a recognition this is what I think about all like quote unquote negative emotions and personality traits it's more of just like a recognition than then like what are you going to do with it and like I said sometimes for me I feel like it might even be it might even be smarter and it might even be more of a noble thing for me to do to become a bit more narcissistic and try to and try to be a bit more of a leader because like I said at this point I haven't um I haven't tried that hard to be that you know big name of an influencer like if I, if I really wanted like if I really wanted it I bet with this podcast like I have some good content on this podcast um you know and we have like 800 episodes at this point like like if I really wanted to I'm sure I could monetize this podcast more and I'm sure I could get this podcast in front of more and more people. It might, it would probably require some of those narcissistic behaviors, you know, some, some more doing things where you make titles really eye catchy, right? Which I do some, but not that often. Some more manipulative things. I mean, it could even be like manipulating algorithms. There's a lot of different ways to do it. But like the fact that I don't care that much means that, 
A, I'm not that narcissistic, and B, I'm actually being a little bit selfish just in the sense of if I was less selfish, I would truly want to get this podcast out to help more people. Does that make sense? It's, it's, it's very complicated. It's very, very complicated. Um, but I'm genuinely wondering where all of, like, where this leads because I think, like, my conclusion is yes. Like, um, narcissism is in a certain way almost required at least to want to be a leader. Like, who would, who would want to be a political leader? Who would want to be, um, you know, a high-status influencer and have that much scrutiny on them all the time and, like, have that much spotlight unless you were high on the narcissism spectrum and had an extremely high inflated sense of self-importance? Now, the question is, like I said, what does it do for society? Where does it lead? I don't know. They apparently have different types of narcissism. The productive narcissist, the... You know, I can't remember all the different types, right? Um, where does it lead for society? Like I said, I just, I don't know. Um, I do know, I mean, it's, gosh, like so, social media and, and like where we're at in society with it is such a long topic in and of itself. Um, I think particularly, you know, there's a lot of talk about young girls being really impressionable. You know, I have one friend on social media. It's really, it's hilarious. Like literally her her thing underneath her name says Instagram is not real life but yet she is one who I would say she has a big following maybe like 15,000 people posts a lot of you know kind of provocative pics I believe she even has an OnlyFans account I heard that through the grapevine you know she's a she's a sexy girl sexy woman and um she's cool like I, I know her in person and she's a pretty down-to-earth person and this, see this is the tricky part is she's she's like a very nice down-to-earth person in real life and she puts on there instagram is not real life and she kind of does some things that you know get attention it would be provocative i don't know what her only fans account looks like i've heard that she has it but that's what's really tricky is there's all of these different personalities that we display on social media and i try to make the personality that i display on social media and in this podcast be as close as possible to my real personality i think all of us maybe are a little different when the camera's rolling um but that like that quote that she has, Instagram is not real life, is I mean, I commend her for that. I, I, I like that. I'm just like, all right, well, at least you're being real there. Now all the people scroll down and look at your almost nude sexy pictures, you know. Um gosh, I don't know. I mean, and, and this is kind of like I I make the pitch that um like the, the pitch that I make for society or my my call to action to you, if you will is just to really look at things in like a nuanced way with all of this stuff. And this this probably really goes for young, impressionable people, but, um, you know, and most of them probably didn't even make it through to the end of this podcast because what kind of young, impressionable people actually had 45 minutes to, had the attention span to listen to me ramble for 45 minutes. But um, I really, really recommend that people, you really analyze things with a critical eye and really use critical thinking when you're looking at who the leaders and the influencers are and you say whether this is a political leader or you know an activist or an Instagram influencer or anybody I really want you to, to critically think about everything that this person is saying that everything they're representing there will be a lot of it that you agree with a lot of it that you like a lot of it that you admire a lot of it that you want to be like but there will be other parts that you don't okay and that's why I really want you to consider that because I think that the best way for us to move forward as a society 
in this social media world that we now live in is we really need to critically think about these things. We can't all try to be exactly like these these influencers who are sometimes manipulative, sometimes lying, um, sometimes promoting things that are not actually healthy taking advantage of you know personality traits of our personalities and you know essentially making money because people are stupid um we really need to be careful and that's kind of my big call to action to all of you is just really really critically think about things uh in a more nuanced way and really try to study all aspects of an influencer or a politician and this is the same issue with politics i mean we live in a country where we've got republicans and democrats and you have to vote for one or the other when election time comes yeah there's other people that run but like you know that if you're not voting for the main republican or main democratic candidate your person's not going to win it's going to be one or the other and the thing about it is is like me okay i identify with 60 to 70 percent of what the republican side wants but then 30 to 40 percent of what the democratic side wants all right so i'm probably going to vote republican but like why do we have to, you know, we have to pick one, essentially. Like, we're doing that identity politics thing where you, yeah, you got to pick one. Which are you? When it's like, well, no, when you bring out the details, I'm like, we're all somewhere in the middle. And that's where we should be with a lot of these influencers. It's like, do you like or admire him? Like, all right, do I like or admire Andrew Tate? Like, oh, I admire certain things about him. I like certain things about him. Agree with certain things about him that I've heard him say. Um, and I know you're probably saying, well, you've never met him in person. I know I haven't. But, I mean, I've listened to him talk you know, for a lot of hours on podcasts. And like I said, same thing with Joe Rogan. When you've listened to someone for that many hours on a podcast, you have enough of an idea of what their true personality is like. Um, but I guess I, I guess where I want to, like, end this is my, my call to action for all of us is um, just to be more nuanced in the way we think about things. Be more nuanced with it. And um, be critical thinkers. And this is actually its one of the reasons that I don't really like religion that much in general either because I think religion is an over... I think every religion is kind of an oversimplification um, of human beings. I think as human beings, we're just... We are extremely complicated creatures, extremely complex. And it's not bad. I'm not saying that any of this is bad. I've, and that's why I'm not hating on any of these social media influencers or any of these politicians because ultimately we are survival machines as human beings. And so the way that society works right now is that some people have determined that the best way to survive and for their families to survive and to lift up certain others is by becoming politicians and influencers and taking advantage in a certain way of the way society's set up, taking advantage of certain people's psychology. Um, it's, it's, it's not all bad. Like I, I don't really believe in good and evil. I don't really believe in good and bad. I believe in a massive spectrum. I believe in a massive spectrum um, and that humans in general, we act out of our own best interest and in the best interest of our immediate family. Um, but it's very, very complicated. So in any of this podcast, I'm not trying to hate on anybody. I'm not trying to be really negative towards anybody. I'm also not trying to be that positive towards anybody. Just trying to analyze and to answer the original question, you know, like, is narcissism required for leadership? The, the, the analysis says probably for the most part. Yeah. So I don't know. Go run for office. It'll make yourself a narcissist. All right. That's all I got for you today. Love y'all. Peace.